0: Well, we're starting a new series, and so I'm excited about it. Hashtag FYP. I didn't know what that meant. I had to ask somebody. But uh, on TikTok, it means for you page. But on our, on our YouTube, it stands for forget your plans. I know it's not really an encouraging title, you would think, based off of what it's saying. But when you really think about it, um, well, here, let me share with you. We have a foundational scripture that we're going we're gonna to hone in on for the next couple weeks. And it's two verses out of Psalm 33. And um, there's two verses, and I really like one of them. I really like one of the verses. Psalm 33, verses 10 through 11 say this. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. That's the one I don't like. Here's verse 11. Here's the one I do like. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Amen. Come on, I like that. Come on. It's the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. But to step into verse 11, we've got to make it through verse 10 where it says, the Lord foils the plans of the nations and he thwarts, he thwarts. That means he he messes up, he baffles. Has the Lord messed up any of your plans? I have a testimony. I wonder, has the Lord ever messed up your plans and you were mad about it, but then hindsight, you looked back and thanked him. Have you ever just said, I didn't want you to break up that relationship, but thank God you did. Lord, I wanted to go to that school, and I didn't get in. But thank God you shut that door. Thank God you slammed that door shut in my face. I didn't get it. Thank you for foiling my plans. Because in order for God's plans to be fulfilled, your plan has to be foiled. I know I'm really, I'm gonna try to encourage you today. And I'm going to encourage you because you've been looking at your situation, wondering why aren't my plans working, but it's not your plans that God has on his agenda, it's his plans. So hashtag FYP, not for you page, hashtag forget your plans. Lord, bless this word. I pray you fill me with your power, give me your wisdom from heaven, speak to your people what you wanna say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, yeah, in order for In order for God's plans to be fulfilled, our plans have to be foiled. In order for us to trust in God, he has to thwart. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. Verse 10, thwart. I never use that in every day, but I'm gonna use it today. He thwarts our plans so we can trust him. He baffles our plans to bless us. And so in order to get to verse 11, you've got to travel through verse 10 where it says, he foils. No one likes that. No one likes it when God's plans for you are different than your plans for you. No one likes it when we thought something was going to happen and it didn't play out that way. But in order for, it says verse 11, but the plans of the Lord stand firm. It means... God knew from the beginning when he made you in your mother's womb, he knew what he had for you. He knew what he put in you. He knew what, what it would require. He knew what you would struggle with. He knew what you would go through. He knew your temptations. He knew your tendencies and he still chose you and he still called you. And the purposes of his heart are through all the generations. That means it's bigger than you. That means God's plan for your life is just bigger than you. God's plan for my life is bigger than just Jackson. It's bigger than just what we can see. I was talking to one of my friends and I'll use this phone because it's in my hand as an illustration. I just have a lot of illustrations today, so get ready for it because I said, a lot of things feel close because they're, or they feel big just because they're, they're close. See, this phone feels really big to me right now, but it's just because it's close. If I threw it like a mile away, I would barely, might not even be able to see it. It would seem small because of the distance. So God's plans are for his generations, and sometimes you feel frustrated, and you're like, God, what are you doing? And you're trying to pick apart the purpose of God, and you don't see clearly, you don't see clearly because I can't even see what's on my phone right now. It's not that the phone's not clear. I just can't see because of how close I am to the situation. But when God gives me some distance, I can see that it was, it was good for me that I was afflicted. It was good for me that that didn't work out. It was good for me that that door shut. And in order to get to the purpose of God, I've got to go through my pain, in my life. I have a preaching mentor, and he told me we were on a Zoom call. He said, when you're preaching, clarity is kindness. Um, if you preach and you're really enthusiastic, ah. <laughs> somebody was making fun of me on TikTok for how I breathe when I preach. So even if your breath is, even if you're breathing heavy and you're preaching hard, but you're not clear, it does no good. Even if you make funny jokes and have good illustrations, but your content isn't clear, it does no good. Even if you're cute and you're funny and and you just make, and everything starts with the same letter and rhymes and goes together and looks good on Pinterest, but you're not clear, it does no good. He said, clarity is kindness. And that makes sense to me. I mean, it's nice when things are clear. It's why when I walk in a room that I've been in 100,000 times, but the lights are out, I've got to walk with my hands like this. And I've got to, I've got to like, like feel around, even though I've been there before, I've got to feel around because the lights are off and things aren't clear. But if the lights are on, I could just, I could just come up in the room like, hey, let's go. And I can just step on in it because I can see and it's clear and it's easy to have confidence when there's clarity. But what do you do when you can't see what God is doing? What do you do when God's plan for your life is not clear and he didn't have the same mentor as me to tell him that clarity is kindness? I wish God would get the memo. God, just make it clear. Have you never prayed that? God, just, you know, show me what to do. If you just show me what to do, I'll do it. Just show me. God, I can't see. I can't see. But often, God removes your certainty. He removes your clarity because God's purpose is not to give you clarity in your situation, but confidence in him. In Acts 9, there's a story of a guy you probably know as Paul. His name's, his name's Paul. That's what we call him. You, you, you've, if you've grown up in church, you definitely know him. But he's, before he was Paul, he was Saul, okay? And so it's the same guy. We're talking about Acts 9. It says, verse 1, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. I don't have time to stay here for a long time, but but, but while he was still breathing out murderous threats. So God saw, saw, he saw, saw, he saw him and he wanted him and he called him meanwhile. Has God ever done a meanwhile miracle in your life? I'm talking about meanwhile, you were still addicted. <gasps> meanwhile, you were still in that situation. You knew you shouldn't have been in from the, from the get. <gasps> meanwhile, you were still, so it says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And he went to the high priest and asked for letters from the synagogue in Damascus because Saul was persecuting the church. The way is what we call, the way is what Christianity was. Before it was called Christianity, it was called the way. So so, so he went and got letters from the synagogue, from the religious leaders um, in Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, this is in verse two, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now, Damascus was a city about 130, 140 miles outside of Jerusalem. And so he said he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him and he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? So verse four, he fell to the ground. I got to just tell you this because it's going to make sense later. He fell out of fear. A voice a l- l- bright just ah and then a loud voice came to him. He fell. Some scholars believe he was on horseback. We don't know for sure so whether he was walking and he fell or whether he was on a horse and actually fell off his horse we don't know but, but, but he fell out of fear. Saul, Saul, why do you Persecute me. And then verse five, Saul replies to God or to the voice with, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. Um, real quick, the Jewish culture, the rabbis, the religious people of the day believed that the voice, the audible voice of God did no longer spoke after Malachi which is an Old Testament prophecy written hundreds of years prior to this event that we're talking about currently. So they, did, they no longer believed you could hear the voice of God. So even Saul hearing an audible voice would have been God breaking outside of what Saul thought was possible. Reason I tell you that, is because you don't think God can do a certain thing in your life and he can do it. And what I know about myself and what I know about others and what I know about you is that we like to put God in a box because it's comfortable. It's comfortable to try to fit God in some box so we can just say God does this and he doesn't do that. God functions in this way, but he he doesn't function in, in that way. So even the voice of God, because the Jewish people believed you could no longer hear the voice of God. They thought you could hear what they might call an echo. Um, They called it the daughter of the voice, which meant you could hear a voice, but not the voice. But God was ready to break outside of Saul's religious box. And God, when he shows up in your life, is not going to fit in some little perfect box. God works through the mess, through the things you think he can't work through, through the things you don't understand, through the things you give up hope on, God can show up in that. And God will break outside of your little cute religious box where Jesus just is a certain way, but he's not another way. And Saul had an experience with God that left him knowing. That's why he said, verse 5, who are you? Because when you really encounter God, when you really need God, when God really shows up, you do not walk away with clarity. Whoever thought that you need to pray and get a vision for your life and and get clarity, I'm gonna show you today that a lot of times you walk away from an experience with God more confused. Saul was on the way, he was on mission. He was on the way to carry out what he thought God wanted him to do. And he was walking in confidence. He was walking in clarity. I'm going to persecute the church. I'm going to find men or women who are a part of the way. I'm on the way to do that. He was on the way and God stopped him. And his encounter with God causes him to question everything he knew about God. Who are you? Lord Saul asked. I am Jesus whom whom you are persecuting. He replied. Now Jesus says get up. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Acts twenty two ten 10 tells, tells the same story. Um, Paul actually asks the question, what shall I do Lord? I asked Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. So God said, go, get up and go. Get up and go. And then when you get there, I have an assignment because the next assignment is always on the backside of today's obedience. Oh, because you're asking God, 2021, God, give me your plan. You know, let my plan come through. Let my purpose happen. But God said, obedient today. You'll get your assignment tomorrow. Be obedient today. Be present today. Show up today. Be there today. And when you get there, I will give you your next assignment. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. Okay, so Saul walks away from an encounter with God blind. Because we think we're going to come to church, or we're going to pray a prayer, or we're going to click onto a YouTube sermon. And we're going to walk away with clarity and vision for our life. Saul walked away from God blind. It says he could see nothing. (laughs) Have you ever felt like you were praying and you could see nothing? God, what do you want me to do? God, where do you want me to go? God, where where should I move? What school should I go to? Who should I date? Who should I marry? I see nothing. Nothing. It says he could see. So so they led him, the men who were with him, they led him by the hand. God's always got something to lead you. Even when you can't see, he's always put something in place. You may not see anything, but someone's there, someone's guiding, someone's with you, For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything in Damascus. Okay, so we're switching scenes now because Saul's on the road to Damascus and then there is somebody already in Damascus. Ready? So we're switching transition. We're checking on a nanny cam. We're switching scenes. And now we're gonna go look. It says verse 10, In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. I like that. I just like, I like that. How God, I think the reason God chose Ananias was because Ananias was consistent. Ananias said yes before he even knew the question. The ESV says, here I am, Lord. So Ananias said yes before he even knew where he was going. Ananias said, I'm here for it, Lord, <laughs> before he even knew what God was going to ask him to do. That is trust. Abraham, go to the land I will show you. That's what God said to the father of the faith. He said, go to the land, not that I will direct you to, not that I have shown you in a dream or in a vision. Go to the land, I will show you. What does that mean? As you go, I will show. All right, let me back up so I can show it to you. As you step, I will step with you. And I will reveal to you the next step after you take This step, go to the land, I will show you. That's why the Bible says that the Lord is a lamp unto our feet. Because he's showing me step by step. He's showing me step by step. Give us this day our daily bread. He's given you enough for today. Don't try to eat tomorrow's bread. Some of you are stressed about tomorrow, but God is saying today, I will guide you. I am with you today. You've got enough money for today. You've got enough energy for today. You've got enough perspective for today. You've got enough knowledge for today. And I am with you step by step. I am a lamp unto your feet. I am not a headlight 15 miles down the road, but I am a lamp unto your feet. And I will never leave you or forsake you. And I will show you the next step. Yes, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I just like it because Ananias is consistent. I think that's why God chose him. I think God likes it when we're consistent. Being cool is fun. I like to be cool. I try to be cool. You know, that's why I got a chain on. That's why I'm wearing this jacket, because I want you to think I'm cool. Being cool is fine. But God can only do so much through coolness. God will work through consistency. If you just show up, If you just, I'm more impressed now with people who just show up. Just, yes, Lord. I don't know what you're going to ask today, but I'm getting out of the bed with a yes, Lord. I don't know what opportunities are going to be presented to me today, but yes, here I am. And the opportunity that Ananias would get would follow the obedience that he displayed. Yes, Lord, he answered. I just like it. All right. The Lord told him, "Go to the house of Judas, on Straight Street, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight." So remember, Saul's over here blind, and Ananias is over here getting the download from God. And there, and so the Lord said. Ananias answered. Lord Ananias. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's back up. So the Lord told Saul, get up and go. And then the Lord told Ananias, go to the house of Judas. So God's given two people instructions to show up at the same place and neither of them really know what's happening. Neither of them really know. When God speaks to you to go, it's not so that you know what's there on the other side. You've got to walk in uncertainty you've got to walk in unclarity. You've got to walk in, I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out. I'm uncertain in the situation, but I am confident in God. Okay. So Saul is on the way, seeing nothing, but walking to something. Saul who will later be called Paul, who brought the Gentiles the gospel and ended up being the most influential person in Christian history other than Jesus, who wrote 13 books of our New Testament. And it started in the dark. So God says to Ananias, go. He says to Saul, Go. Here's Ananias' response. It's funny to me. Verse 13, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. Let me translate. Lord, what do you know who we're dealing with here? Look, I said, yes, I'm here for it. But have you ever wanted to say, God, Um, excuse me one second. You want me to do what? Do what? I'm trying to get as country as I can right now. Do what? In in my mind, Ananias is a hillbilly. You want me to do what, Lord? (laughs) Okay, okay. Lord, (laughs) Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. He's come here to persecute me. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. He said, I hear your excuse, but my answer hasn't changed. Go. This man is my chosen instrument. This man, meanwhile, stall was still breathing murderous threats. Go. This man is my chosen. I chose him even in a sin. God chose you even though you don't feel like you're chosen. This man is my chosen instrument. The Greek word for instrument is it means possession. God said this man is my chosen possession. I've called him. I want him. He's mine. I don't I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's made all the best decisions up to this point. I'm not saying he doesn't struggle. I'm not saying he doesn't go places he shouldn't go. I'm not saying he doesn't do things he shouldn't do, but this man is my chosen instrument. He's my chosen possession. You're God's chosen possession. I'm talking fast because my timer's running down. This man is my chosen instrument. He's my possession to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and the king's And the people of Israel, and I don't like this verse either, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Okay. So we've got two men who are called. God said to both, go. So Saul is on the road to persecute Christians, Jesus followers, and, and God shows up to him in a vision, bright light, flashes. (laughs) He can't see anything. He hears, go, get up and go. I'm the Lord Jesus, get up and go. God said, go. Listen to me. God said, go. And then he got up and it says he could not see anything. Don't worry. I know this isn't how you're supposed to wear it, but this is how I saw it in my mind. So God said, go. (laughs) The Lord must foil your plans. Saul had another agenda when he was on the way to Damascus. God said, go. (laughs) I'm scared because I can't see. I'm scared. I feel fear because I can't see. I don't know what's next, so I'm afraid. And God said, go, but I can't see. And God's calling me, but I don't know where to step. And I don't know what's around me. I don't know what's beside me. God called me. God said, go, but I can't see. And so God's saying to a blind man, go. And then God's saying, meanwhile, To Ananias, he's saying, Get up and go. And Ananias is afraid because he knows that this guy he's going to lay hands on is a Christian killer, is a Christian persecutor, and he's supposed to go touch a killer. So God's saying, Go to one man who's afraid, while he's saying, Go to another man who's blind. They're one's confused, they're both afraid, and they're both called. You're afraid? You're confused, but you're still called. You don't know what's next, but you're still called. You don't know how this is gonna work out, but God's still calling you. Seeing nothing, walking to something. That's my timer letting me know I've gone too long, but I've just gotta tell you for one more minute that God's still calling God's still chosen you you can't see but God said go and before God can fulfill his purpose he's got to foil your purpose I told God don't take me out of the oven till I'm done in the middle don't stop working on me don't send me into a situation I'm not ready for Don't give me an opportunity that I don't have the integrity to handle yet. Because before God could give Saul his purpose, which was incredibly significant, which would lead to thousands and centuries later, millions of people hearing the gospel all because of this man named Paul. And it all started in the dark. And before God could show him his purpose, God had to blind him. And some of us watching this, here, if you made it this far in the video, if you're still watching right now, you get the real title. Blind Date. Because you've got a date with destiny, but it's not gonna come just because you can see it. It's not gonna come just because you can, you can point to it. It's not gonna come because of your ability to see it. It's gonna come from your confidence in him. Your confidence in him. Before before purpose could be given to Saul, sight had to be taken. And Ananias would end up going and laying hands on this man in fear, but out of obedience. And when you have an encounter with God, you're not always gonna walk away with clarity. You're not always gonna walk away with certainty but you can walk away in confidence knowing he's called you. Lord, I thank you for this word. I know this word was for even one person who's hearing it. It's going down deep as a seed into their soul and it's gonna sprout up and grow. Lord, I pray for ears to hear and hearts to receive this word. Thank you for the ministry you're speaking. Thank you that you chose us in our sin. Thank you that you've forgiven us. Thank you that your grace is good and that your power is real. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanna tell you, you are God's sukkos. That means you are God's chosen possession, just like Paul. Meanwhile, well, anyways, I hope you enjoyed the message so much. I hope it spoke to you. I hope it encouraged you in any way. Um, I wanna know we're here for you. We're praying for you. Make sure to share this with somebody. Uh, put it on your social media. Text it to a friend. Text it to a family member. Um, thank you for those of you who give. You are the ones who make all of this possible. And so, till next week, I will see you then. And um, I'm excited about this new series. Hashtag FYP. And um, you can check us out online at online. Make sure you're subscribed. Like this video. Share it stuff. So.